It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Big fella, I'll say this. It's a damn shame what happened to them pants. Just like it's a damn shame what the Boston Celtics are doing to the Brooklyn Nets. You're listening to Candy and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Get at us on Twitter at Chris Carlin and at ChrisCanny99. And big fella, game four, Nets Celtics tonight at Barclays. And it's hard to envision a world where the Boston Celtics don't pull off the sweep because already we're hearing excuses from Kyrie Irving in the postgame interviews. And the thing that's probably... The saddest of all of this, Carlin, is the fact that the Nets are going out with not so much as a whimper. Like, these games have been competitive, but the series has not. And to think that the Brooklyn Nets have a chance of being able to come back and win this series is absolutely asinine. Of the 143 teams that have found themselves down 0-3 in a best-of-seven series in the NBA playoffs, zero have come back to win that series, and 89 of those teams ended up getting swept. So I got to ask you this. More likely that this series sees a seventh game or the Boston Celtics finish off the sweep tonight? Tag the toes, zip the bag. It's over. I mean, <laughs> honestly, what, honestly, there's no chance this, this is going to go seven. Look, if they, they find a way to hang around tonight and win, okay, I get it. But even though Christie's games have been close, there's been no question who the better team has been throughout. Like, there's not a game, even game one, there's not a game that I would look at and say, man, the Nets just, they, they absolutely got hosed there. They should have won that game. You know, the Celtics made every play that they have need to make to win these games, and the Nets haven't made anywhere near enough of them. And it's not just Durant. I mean, we can talk about other guys putting up some numbers, but... They have pretty much admitted they don't care who else is going to score the points as long as they don't let Durant get Durant get off. And that that strategy has been perfect so far. There's no reason to think that they would ever find a way to make an adjustment here when I think a big part of the problem is that nobody else has stepped up enough to really make the Celtics fear them. Yeah, you can get... 26 from Brown, right? That can happen. But are the Celtics scared of it? No. No. Is there anybody else on the floor that is playing well enough right now, and I am including Kyrie in that, that would give the Celtics any kind of pause to not run two and three guys at Durant? No, there isn't. And we did see that in game one with Kyrie Irving, and it took a buzzer beater for the Celts to come out on the winning side of that. But Yeah, you're right. Based on what we're seeing from the others, including Kyrie Irving, it's just not enough help for Kevin Durant. And beyond that, Carlin, I don't think KD is getting the help from his head coach either. And I get it. Blaming Steve Nash is almost like shooting a hostage because really he's at the mercy of his two superstars. But 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 we can't come up with some adjustments in there somewhere. But that's that's my point. you got to find some answers for your players. You, You know that Ime Udoka is a defensive mastermind. Hell, he was on your staff last year. 
You, you, you should have some insight into what he likes to do and have a counter for Kevin Durant to get some open looks at the basket. We saw in game three, they got him an open catch-and-shoot three-point opportunity early in that game and didn't come back to that set, didn't come back to that action. I don't understand why Steve Nash is not prioritizing, prioritizing finding more opportunities for KD to have clean looks at the basket early on in these games because you're clearly dealing with somebody that's frustrated. Carlin, I also believe you're dealing with a player that has a fatigue issue. You're asking Kevin Durant to play 40-plus minutes in these playoff games, but you've been asking Kevin Durant to play 40-plus minutes for the last two months. Yep. And I'm just not sure that there's very much more gas in the tank than what we've already seen in this series. So that's why I'm skeptical of the Brooklyn Nets being able to extend this series. And if I had to bet money, I'm looking at a sweep for the Boston Celtics tonight because they've just grinded this Brooklyn Nets team down systematically, methodically. It's been a a beautiful work of basketball for this entire team and for their head coach. And I, I don't see the Brooklyn Nets giving a lot of fight tonight in Barclays. I just don't. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. The one thing I'd say, I'm looking at the Celtics, and it's easy through what we've seen so far in the postseason to say they're the best team in the Eastern Conference. Mm. I'm I'm not quite there yet, but I'm not far off. Right now, it's 1-1A, one one and I, I understand what I'm about to say and why you're going you're gonna to disagree with it. I still think the Bucks are the best team in the conference. And I know that Middleton's not playing. I understand that. They have come back and responded so exceptionally well in Chicago the last couple of days that that for me that has them slightly above the Celtics at this point, but that dynamic could change in the span of one round. I mean, if you're going to tell me right now the Celtics are going to win the championship the way they're playing, I'm not going to argue with you. I, I I can't I, I might argue with you a little bit, but I can't make the great case and walk out of the courtroom thinking, man, I just torched him on that one. Yeah, well, right now the analytics give the Boston Celtics a 51.2% chance to win the conference and go to the NBA Finals. Meanwhile, your Milwaukee Bucks have a 12% chance of getting to the NBA Finals. All right, this is why I don't always buy I, I, into the I, analytics. I'm just, I'm just saying, and then they've got the Miami Heat with a 23.5% chance of getting to the NBA Finals. So well, that's the out, team we're forgetting I'm, about, aren't they? I'm just throwing out the numbers, big fella. Yeah. Whether or not you agree with them is your business, but I will say this. The Boston Celtics are passing the eye test when it comes to how they're playing on the court against the Nets, and that's what makes me want to buy into the analytics and viewing this team as a true title contender. The other thing that makes me want to do that is just how well Jason Tatum is playing. Oh. I mean, he's making reservations at club superstar party of one. Like, that, like Jason Tatum, I don't think it's a stretch to say this, Carlin, is having the best postseason of any one individual player in the NBA playoffs right now. Not just oh. because of what he does offensively. He's averaging 29.7 points per game on a true shooting percentage of 58%. But we're, we're not talking about just what he does on the offensive end. We're talking about what he does on the defensive end and primarily his coverage on Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant in this series so far, 22 points a game on 37% shooting. Carlin, he's got 13 made field goals to 17 turnovers. That's how good Jason Tatum and this Celtics defense has been. 
and we got to start giving this man his flowers because he is playing otherworldly now. He he's making a case, and I know it's a it's a regular season vote, but he should be first team All NBA. That's how good Jason Tatum is. He should be, and he's a top five player in the game, and he has really established himself in this series in beating two superstars badly. Badly. I mean, you may not be blowing them out in the games, but you're blowing them out with your performances against them. You you really have made them look silly at times. I mean, it, did any of us ever see this kind of performance from Kevin Durant coming? No, but I think a lot of that has to be credited to what Tatum and the Celtics have done. Chris, it's it's fatigue, yes, but they have beaten the daylights out of them. And Tatum has been right at the forefront of that. And you're seeing where his youth is kind of paying off in that way, right? He's being yep. just as physical, but he can still go out and do what he needs to do offensively and be a star on that end of the floor. There's no question about it. He is a true superstar in today's game. There's no other way to describe what we're seeing from Jason Tatum. He has emerged as one of those dudes. And Carlin, because he's 24 years old, I got the feeling he's going to be in that conversation for a long time to come. But there's also another superstar, Carlin, that we got to call into question because everybody's putting KD and Kyrie in the conversation, calling them to the front of the, the congregation and seeing what these guys are, are going to say in terms of being accountable. We also got another superstar out west that's on the ropes, and that would be one Chris Paul with the Phoenix Suns. Of course, the New Orleans Pelicans tied up that series last night. It's 2-2 headed back to Phoenix. So I got to ask you this question. In terms of superstars getting out of the first round this year, who is it more important to in terms of overall legacy, Chris Paul or Kevin Durant? Well, Durant's already won a couple of championships, and even though they were in Golden State, it, this is an utter nightmare for Durant. How how often can I continue to build in excuses for Chris Paul? No Devin Booker. Well, maybe Chris Paul, he, he, put it this way. It's, it's Chris Paul, and the reason is, Chris, you can't have a performance like he did yesterday when he gets shut down by somebody that did not even get drafted this year. Mm-hmm. And... and, and just harassed all day. Chris Paul with a four-point performance against the Pelicans because he can't get around Jose Alvarado in the backcourt. I mean, <laughs> what what are we talking about here? And I have no doubt in my mind that he will come back and play a lights-out game in game five, but is is there enough left in the tank to continue to do that for Chris Paul? That's a great question, and that's why I say there needs to be more urgency on Chris Paul's part because I do believe he's got the better team around him when fully healthy. Now, Devin Booker's health is a big concern, but he's got the better team. But assuming that Devin Booker is going to be back in a couple of weeks, all you're trying to do is find a way to get out of round one, and Chris Paul should be good enough to do that going up against the eight-seeded New Orleans Pelicans. But Brandon Ingram has certainly had – a lot to say about that. We'll have more on that. But coming up next, how hot should Steve Nash's seat be? Carlin and I will get into it. You're listening to ESPN Radio.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Taking your call on the CC call-in line on the Brooklyn Nets and what a sweep would mean for Kevin Durant's legacy. Hit us up on the call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And, big fella, before we get back to our thoughts on the Brooklyn Nets and what's happened in this series against the Celtics, we got to hear from the folks out there on the call-in line. Let's go out to Alaska and hit up Sam. Sam, you're on ESPN Radio. What up? Hey, how you guys doing? Great. Doing good. What you got for us? Oh, real quick, I just wanted to uh, – I, I, I'm looking at it, and the Lakers are a much larger disappointment based on the fact that they teamed up Russell Westbrook with LeBron and AD, and they thought that would work. Um, and we've seen it. It does not work. It will not work. We have yet to see whether or not the Nets fully healthy with Kyrie uh, in tote and a a healthy Ben Simmons, what they can be. So we know what the Lakers are. Uh, We do not yet know what the Nets are. But, Sam, how can you say that with Anthony Davis missing as many games as he did this season? Uh, It's not so much about AD um, as it is. LeBron and Russell Westbrook, you have two ball-dominant uh, guards, essentially. LeBron is essentially a guard in that situation. Um, and, yes, I, I, I realize that AD is a, is a massive talent, but um, I, I just feel like Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, uh, that's just the wrong, the wrong teammate, the wrong, the well, wrong let me, pairing. Let me put it another way, um, not, all right? Let yeah. me put it another way. Okay, go ahead. At the beginning of the year, were you skeptical? I certainly was. Many people were about – whether or not Russell Westbrook was going to work. It sounds like you were with the Lakers. So if that's the case, I mean, I, did you think did you think it was going to be a problem? 
Well, as a Lakers fan, a UCLA homegrown fan, I was hoping it would work, but I mean, just but looking at, at Russell but, Westbrook see, I can and even LeBron. hear it in your voice, bro. <laughs> you knew. We Sam, all we, Sam, knew. we appreciate the call, man. We appreciate the call. But, Carlin, you're right. We all knew that it wasn't going to work. LeBron James needs to be surrounded by shooters. Tell me the one thing that Russell Westbrook can't do on the offensive end. Shoot! He shoot! <laughs> he can't shoot! So, of course, it was going to be a disaster. But nobody thought that the Brooklyn Nets would be a disaster. First of all, it was a struggle for them to even get into the playoffs. But once we got there, everybody assumed that they were the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. Why? Because they had Kyrie and KD. And these guys were going to magically flip a switch, and it didn't matter that they didn't play defense because those guys were just that gifted that nobody would be able to stop them. People call them basketball savants. They talk about how high their basketball IQ is. They talk about them always making the right plays. So far, they haven't been able to find that magic. No, and you know what? Here, to that point, great basketball IQ. Not smart enough to not have a coach. I mean, if you've got great basketball IQ, you do know a coach can help. And they thought they were so smart that it didn't matter. Now, to be fair... The guy that they brought in really didn't coach. Didn't coach in the least. So from that standpoint, they got what they wanted. But Steve Nash, they need an actual coach. Steve Nash has got to go. Steve, I mean, if you can't make an adjustment and nobody's going to listen to you anyway, honestly, what are you doing? You're collecting a nice check. And from that standpoint, I can respect them. Well, (laughs) who couldn't respect the check that he's getting from the Brooklyn Nets? But it doesn't sound like... Frank Isola has a lot of respect for what's going on with the Brooklyn Nets. Here he is on why you can't depend on Kyrie Irving moving forward. Take a listen. Kyrie's a terrific player. We all know that. The problem is he's not reliable enough. Now, if you even go back to last year when they brought in James Harden, Kyrie kind of ghosted the team for two weeks. Like, where was he? Like, what was going on? You know, it always seemed, the one thing about Kyrie, there always seems to be something with him. And make no mistake about it, you know, when he was on Boston, they went to a conference finals without him. When he was on the team, they got knocked out in the second round. And here they are again, you know, on the verge of making it to the second round. And Cleveland went to the finals without him, too. Again, I, I believe, you know, he is a terrific offensive player. He just simply doesn't play enough. And, Colin, I'll go back to this. And, and, it, and it speaks to what Sam just suggested about the Brooklyn Nets. We haven't seen the Nets together. We haven't seen whether or not it will work. Well, whose fault is that? Is, is that on Kyrie? Is that on KD? Is that just bad luck? And I think you have to put it on the players involved, the actors involved, because these are the guys that said, if we team up, that's enough for us to get to a championship level. And in two seasons of being on the court together, even though they've missed them some respective time for different reasons, they haven't been able to deliver. And so this thing has to be viewed as an abject failure. There is no other way to characterize what is going on in Brooklyn. But coming up next, are the Boston Celtics the team to beat in the East? And are we looking or are we overlooking the Miami Heat? Call it and I'll chime in on that. You're listening to ESPN Radio.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And, big fella, we spent a good portion of today's show talking about the number two seed in the Eastern Conference, the Boston Celtics. And for good reason. We know they're tipping off game four tonight against the Brooklyn Nets in Barclays Arena at 7 o'clock. But we don't spend a whole lot of time talking about the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, that being the Miami Heat. And Carlin, over the weekend, The Miami Heat took the Atlanta Hawks to task after dropping game three to the Hawks when the series shifted to Atlanta. Miami responded the way that we would expect a Jimmy Butler, Eric Spolstra-led team to respond. They came back and beat the brakes off of Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks to the tune of 110-86. to The Heat led by as many as 27 points in this game, and it's played out pretty much like every game in this series has. Closely contested in the first half, not so much in the second half. There were no lead changes in the second half. And again, the Heat led by as many as 27 in the second half. So I got to ask you this, big fella, because we're already crowning the Boston Celtics for what they're doing against KD and Kyrie. Are we overlooking the Miami Heat? And should they be in consideration as one of the teams that should be favorited to make it out of the Eastern Conference? I can't say favorited, uh, is that right? Favorited? I think that's right. Yeah. Um, favored? Favorited? Favored? Favored. Favorited. I don't know. Favorited, favorited. is like we're, if we're they making up words. Or you know how we yeah. get together. You know what it is, big fella, when we get together. We make up words. But it yeah. sounded right. Exactly. Um, look, the, the two words that come down to mind are lockdown because they have been locked down, right? They have completely shut the door on Trey Young. He has looked terrible in at least two of these games this series. And. I, I don't think there's any reason why they shouldn't be in that discussion. And yet they're the same as the Bucks right now. I think both at plus 700 are not terrible wagers. Getting 7-1 to one odds right now on either team. I know you're down on the Bucks because of no Middleton. I, I still think there's a strong possibility they could go a long way. But the Heat right now are just playing at, at a terrific level now. I was wrong about this. I thought the the Hawks would put up a little bit better of a fight 
Maybe they would get one more game. Maybe. You were right about this. But how much of this is about what the Heat are doing and how much of this is about it's the Hawks and they just barely got to be even be in this position to begin with? No, no, no. We can't start doing that, big fella. I'm not going to let you hit that cover three backpedal. We got to remember. It's not a backpedal. No, it is a backpedal. You called this. No, no, it is a backpedal a little bit because, I mean, listen, this is, you were not alone in the thought that the Atlanta Hawks could make this a series against the Miami Heat. Based on what we saw this same core of Hawks players do last year and making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. You weren't the only one that was dismissive of the Miami Heat and the spectacular regular season well, that they put were it this able to way. put together. Maybe, maybe we put Trey Young further ahead than he actually was because I would of how agree he played. With, I would agree with that. And I think styles make fights. And this is just a bad yeah. matchup for the Atlanta Hawks because you're not talking about an offense that plays with a lot of structure. They're not disciplined when it comes to their shot selection. And a team like the Miami Heat, is going to make you pay for that every single time. And probably the most impressive part of the performance in Game 4, Carlin, is that the Heat did it without Kyle Lowry. He's out with a hamstring strain. Yeah. And it didn't matter. I mean, they, it, was, it was knife through warm butter is, yeah, what that we was saw from, is what we saw the Heat do to the Hawks on their home court. And so now with the series shifting back to Miami, yeah, I have a hard time seeing them going back to play a game in Atlanta. I don't think there's going to be a game six. I think this one is over in five. But I'm still not ready to crown the Miami Heat. I don't think they're the favorite. I don't think they're the second favorite. And as much as I love this team, because there are a lot of guys that, that wear their chip on their shoulder, they, they, there are a lot of guys that are undrafted on that team. I, I love the ruggedness of this team, but they just don't have the top-end talent to compete with teams like Boston and like Milwaukee. I just don't see it. Even with the Bucks missing Chris Middleton, I still don't see the Miami Heat being able to get past those teams. Now, I do think they have what it takes to make it a very interesting series against the Philadelphia 76ers, and that's what we would be poised to see in round two. But when it comes to coming out of the East, I just don't see Miami being able to contend with a team like Boston or Milwaukee, whoever comes out of that series in round two. All right, but uh, – we both are going to operate under the assumption that it's going to be Miami and the Sixers. So, with that being the case, right? I mean, with that being the case. Yeah, both of those teams are up 3-1. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. So, and Embiid a little bit banged up. It is not too much to ask for James Harden to step up and take a little bit more control of that series because if the Heat are going to go into lockdown mode again and Embiid's not 100%, Somebody has got to be able to take control. Like that, Chris, to me is a series where as much as I love Tyrese Maxey as a player, you could see that being a growing pains type series for a player like him. You could see the Heat really doing a lot of different things to frustrate him in that series. So it's got to be somebody else. And Harden can't be along for the ride. It it feels to me... Like James Harden has been along for the ride in a lot of a lot of instances this year. Case in point, Harden since the turn of the calendar to 2022 has three games, three where he has scored 30 or more, and two of them came in January. So mm. while I don't want to hear about it being adjusting to a new team or anything like that, like. If you're going to get all of that money this offseason, 
If you're still that dude and you're going to get paid like that dude, you're going to show up like that dude. And I think that he's going to have to show up and not be just, I'm going to make it better for everybody else and I'm going to set you up. Don't worry about me. Now, there's got to be a couple of James Harden vintage 40-point performances for the Sixers to be able to control the heat. No, I'm with you on that one. We need to have a signature James Harden moment because, Carlin, that was one of the biggest question marks for the Sixers coming into the postseason. What version of James Harden are we going to get? Because in his career, he hasn't necessarily had the best track record when it comes to playoff performance. So that is a question that remains to be answered. Unfortunately, we're going to have to wait until round two before we get said answer until the Sixers get a step up in class when it comes to competition. But as one, far one as the teams... One final thing, though, real quick. One, Go ahead. One, one thing real quick. I, for everybody that's saying that the Sixers won the trade, the Nets won the trade, any of that, I, I think it's going to be a year before we know the if anybody won that trade. Well, I, I know I'll what say, I'm saying. I, I hear what you're saying. I always said when that trade went down that the bar to clear wasn't James Harden winning a championship. It was just doing better than whatever the Nets would do mm-hmm. because James Harden was trying to put himself in a position to compete for a championship, and it's clear that Brooklyn was not headed down that road. But speaking of championships, Carlin, we got the updated NBA title odds from Vegas this morning, and the Warriors are in the pole position at plus 300, followed by the Boston Celtics at plus 380, Suns at plus 450, Bucks and Heat at plus 700, the Grizz at plus 1100, and the Sixers at plus 1200. So when we start asking the question about James Harden, being able to be the difference in the Sixers making it out of the Eastern Conference doesn't sound like Vegas is answering that question in the affirmative. I'm just saying. Mm. Heat have a not much better Heat have much better odds than the Sixers have, and that seems like the matchup we're headed for in round two of the NBA playoffs. But switching gears and going over to the NFL, the league working on a deal to play football on Black Friday this coming season. Carlin and I will explain. You're listening to ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
end. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tia Carla, ESPN Radio. I'll tell you, Chris, what about the, the the situation going on with the NFL adding a game on Black Friday that Amazon may pay $100 million for, for one game? <laughs> yeah, it's impressive. And, Carlin, it's believed to be in the neighborhood of what networks pay for wild card playoff games. So $100 million is in order to have one standalone game on Black Friday. It's pretty impressive the commitment that Amazon is making toward the NFL. They already bought the Thursday night package, and now you're talking about them being able to add another primetime game on Thanksgiving weekend. That would take the NFL to a grand total of seven primetime games during Thanksgiving weekend. Or not primetime, but seven national televised games on Thanksgiving weekend. That's pretty impressive in terms of the NFL being able to dominate a major holiday weekend in this country. Well, so think about it, right? Uh, You and I were talking about this earlier. You made a great point. If you're Amazon and there's so much shopping on Black Friday that's done online, oh, you can watch the game while you're shopping for for Christmas and try to get it done. I mean, that's it's it's brilliant for Amazon. There's no doubt. Oh, no question. And, Carlin, we saw during this past Super Bowl that a company paid to have a QR code as a part of the commercial. Could you not see Amazon doing something like that throughout the broadcast, whether it's commercial breaks or whether it's a timeout where they have the commercial side-by-side with the live view of what's happening in the stadium? There are so many different machinations that Amazon could come up with, so many different reasons, so many different ways that they can monetize this inventory. So it's really impressive that the NFL is open to doing something like this. It's not your daddy's NFL anymore. They're starting to become open to different ways to reach their consumers. And there are a couple of things that could potentially hold this up, Carlin. But ultimately, I think we do get football on a Black Friday, whether it's this year or whether it happens in 2023. Look, the college football that we usually get, it's okay, but we don't get enough of it, right? And for those of us that just have no use for going out on Black Friday 
and trying to attack these crowds, like you couldn't ask for a better excuse. Nah, I'm not going shopping. There's a game on. Uh, no, I'm out. I, I, I think it's fantastic. And I, I tell you, it's a brilliant move if it gets done. Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. In short, a lot of things. Bundle today at Progressive.com. And Carlin, we bundled a lot of content into today's show, not to mention the guests that we were able to have on today's show. We had ESPN NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky getting us primed and ready for the week that is the NFL draft. We had Yes Network Brooklyn Nets analyst Frank Isola jump on and give us the latest on the Nets going into game four against the Celtics. And then, of course, we had Ian Fitzsimmons from Freddie and Fitzsimmons also on the draft coverage that kicks off on Thursday in Las Vegas. If you missed any of it, go to the Kenny and Carlin podcast on the ESPN app. Download, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. But now, Carlin, it is time for us to go three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. And Carla, we got to kick off three and out with the other game that's happening tonight that nobody seems to be talking about, which is the Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks in the series shifting back to Dallas. Luka Doncic did play in game four, dropped 30 points, had 10 rebounds, four assists, but he wasn't the typical Luka Doncic in terms of being able to dictate the complexion of the game. And we also saw we didn't get the same version of Jalen Brunson that we saw earlier in the series. So I got to ask you this question. Is Luka Doncic being back hurting the Dallas Mavs? I'm not going to go there yet. I, I think it was just such a different dynamic the first couple of games without him that it completely threw them off. Uh, I will be surprised if the Mavericks don't win tonight. I will be very surprised if the Mavericks don't win tonight. But Chris, you know, this series for me has kind of been like, eh, it's like just the other series. Hey, I'll admit, it's the one that I have paid the least amount of attention to out of any of the playoff series thus far. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I mean, this is not a game or a series that I'm interested in. I will say the X factor has been Jalen Brunson because he is a free agent. Yeah. This coming off season, and a lot of teams around the NBA could use a point guard. I'm not going to say that my Lakers are going to be in that market, but I think Jalen Brunson will be a better option than what the hell we got right now. But I digress. All I'm saying is that's the part that's made it interesting. And then if Luka Doncic could come back, I could see the Dallas Mavericks making it interesting for whoever their round two opponent would be. So oh. I, I, I think that would be the part that I think is the, the intrigue of this series. But if the Utah Jazz advance in this series – I really don't have any interest in their next round matchup because it's not going to be much of a competition. I've been known to toss a couple of bucks down on a game, and uh, I can see that happening tonight with the Mavericks to hold my attention. Minus three? Mm, jump on it. <laughs> Let's go. Let's ride. <laughs> I hear you. And speaking of riding, we're going to keep this thing moving, and it seems like there could be a giant that's riding out of town, and I'm talking about Kadarius Tony, New York Giants' first round draft pick last year. He was a wide receiver. And Carlin, we know that Kadarius Tony missed a lot of time this season. He had some lower body injuries. He had a couple of bouts with COVID. 
But ultimately, it's been a disappointment, and now you're starting to hear the rumors about how Kadarius Toney wasn't as locked into the playbook as Giants coaches thought he should be. People question his commitment to the team and his love of the game. And so how do you think this thing ends with Kadarius Toney? Because it says that the Giants are not actively trying to seek a trade, but that they're fielding phone calls on Kadarius Toney. How do you see this playing out with new general manager Joe Shane? You know what I thought? The first thing I thought is, and you could tell me, I, don't, I, I wouldn't think that this happens very often in the NFL. Was this kind of a scared straight move? Like, hey, you're already getting a bad rep, and we'll talk about getting you out of here. You know, I, I don't even think that necessarily would work, but I, I just feel like Kadarius Tony, Tony, assuming all of that stuff is true about him not even apparently having the playbook yet, hadn't even gotten it yet uh, for for the new coaching staff. Maybe they're trying to scare him into getting it together, but is trading him really going to do that? Probably not. Probably not. Prob- probably not, but he did report to the offseason workout program this week, so maybe it's a situation where the rumors about him being on the trading block was just enough for Kadarius Tony to realize that he needs to be around his team and try to be focused on being the best pro he can be and trying to help this team win games. I think that's what it comes down to. It's also about Brian Daybowl and Joe Shane trying to establish a new culture with the New York football Giants because it has been a little bit of a revolving door when it comes to the Giants brass, right, Carlin? Yeah. You're talking about hiring a new head coach every two years. It seems like this general manager head coach tandem is trying to get things kicked off on the right foot. And I think it's safe to say, barring an absolute nightmare, they're they're going to get more time to work with than the last couple. Because if there's one thing that that ownership doesn't want to do, and they've become over the last few years, is the team that is consistently changing leadership. No doubt about it. It's becoming a laughingstock. The fact that the Giants and the Jets are both tied for the worst record in the NFL since the start of 2017. I never thought I'd see this franchise sink that low, but I digress. Speaking of lows, Carlin, <laughs> speaking of lows, we're at all-time attendance lows for Oakland A's games. It's I mean, we're talking about setting records, less than 5,000 fans in the stands, but we are seeing an uptick in attendance when it comes to feral cats in the A's stadium. Now, currently, there's a colony of 30 to 40 cats running loose in the A's empty ballpark. Now, Carlin, we hear a lot of stories in sports. We actually saw a cat at a Giants primetime game several years ago, but this one takes the cake. We're talking about a colony of cats potentially outnumbering the number of fans that are in the A stadium to watch their team play baseball. Is this a problem for Major League Baseball? It's, first of all, it sounds like a bit I would see on The Simpsons. Like, things have gotten so bad in attendance that there's a colony of feral cats living there in Oakland. It's horrible. I, they have to come up with some sort of solution, and, and I hate to say that they need to lose um, – they need to move the team out of Oakland, but if there's not enough interest in the, and the ownership is treating the team like they are, I don't know that there are many – Good options otherwise, Chris. I mean, it, 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 you look at some of those games with first pitch, and there's 2,000 people, like legit 2,000 people there. It's embarrassing. 
Yeah, Carlin, I thought we went through this with the Montreal Expos. And baseball said that we're never going to go down this road again. We're not going to do this. Mm. They've got to make a commitment to Oakland. Either you're going to build a new stadium for the A's or you're going to move the team out of the Bay Area. Figure it out, Major League Baseball. Carlin, real quick, before the end of the show, do the Boston Celtics pull off the sweep of the Brooklyn Nets tonight in game four? Yes or no? Good night, the night. Good night, the lights. It's over. Turn out the lights. I'm right there with you. The Boston Celtics take care of their business, and they're moving on to what's next. What's next here is Spain and Fist on ESPN Radio.